0: This is the World in 10 podcast where we cover the best of the times of London every day in just 10 minutes. I'm Rebecca Myers.
1: And I'm Toby Gillis. And we're doing something just a tiny bit different today because once in a while you get a breaking story just before you record the World in 10. And in the last few minutes, Kevin Spacey has been acquitted of nine sex offences against four men at a court in London.
0: Yes that's right and Times Radio's deputy news editor Alex Dibble regular host of The World in 10 is outside Southwark Crown Court where the trial took place now and he joins us on the line so Alex could you outline for us what the charges were
3: Well guys he was accused of nine sexual offences against four different men he was accused of grabbing three of them by the crotch and performing a sex act I, uh, on another and actually he's just about to address the media actually I'm going to stick my many mic in I can understand uh that there's a lot for me to process after what has just happened today. But I would like to say that I'm enormously grateful to the jury for having taken the time to examine all of the evidence and all of the facts carefully before they reach their decision. And I am humbled by the outcome today. I also want to thank the staff inside this courthouse, the security and all those who took care of us every single day, my legal team, Evan Lowenstein and Lucy for being here every day. And um, that's all I have to say for the moment. Thank you very much. Guys, Kevin Spacey is just walking away after that short statement and actually reporters are now running down the street trying to get a shot of him as he walks down the pavement, there he is just in front of me about 10 yards away, he's really struggling to get through, all the people, his team are trying to get people out of the way you can hear people asking questions about House of Cards, Um, that was the show of course that he lost his role in as a result of these allegations um, and he's just getting into the taxi actually that's that's clearly been waiting for him and people are putting their cameras up to the glass trying to get that shot inside which you might see on um, news articles and on the front pages of papers tomorrow and the taxi's just uh, driving away Um, it was amazing to see the emotion kind of on his face as he was giving that that statement there and and his career just completely derailed as a result of these allegations and yet today just in the last few minutes here at Southwark He has been found not guilty, he's been cleared, Um, he has been vindicated. Massive questions now about what happens next for Kevin Spacey. Uh, Will he get those roles back, you know, what's going to happen? But, you know, an amazingly dramatic time in court. He hugged his legal team in court, he cried when the verdicts were delivered Um, and you heard him there thanking the jury uh, for those verdicts. But, yeah, amazing stuff.
0: Thank you so much, Alex. That's Times Radio's Deputy News Editor, Alex Dibble, with live reaction within minutes of the acquittal of Kevin Spacey here in London.
1: Yeah, amazing to have heard live from the actor too. Of course, you can get more on that story on the Times website now.
0: This is a headline you certainly don't read every day. Singapore will execute a woman for the first time in almost 20 years. As The Times-Asia editor Richard Lloyd-Parry has reported, human rights group The Transformative Justice Collective say the authorities in Singapore are planning to hang a 45-year-old woman for smuggling drugs. Sarah Dewi Jamani is scheduled to be executed on Friday after being given a death sentence, which is mandatory, according to Singaporean law, for possessing 30 grams of heroin in 2018.
1: The last time Singapore executed a woman was back in 2004. And this might be an unusual case because of the sex of the offender, but there were actually 11 people executed for drug possession there last year. Only today, a 56-year-old man was killed for trafficking heroin.
0: Rich has told us the country's justification for this policy.
1: The Singaporean government, their view would be that if you deal hard drugs such as heroin, you are in the same league as a murderer. You are destroying lives by dispensing these addictive poisons. Now, many people disagree with that. People end up dealing drugs often because they're victims themselves, addicts themselves. They they often tend to be people in minorities, including ethnic minorities, So there are a lot of people who disagree with that, but that's the view here.
0: Activists, including Amnesty International, have said it is unconscionable and cruel. They've said there's no evidence that the death penalty has a deterrent effect or any impact on the use of availability in drugs.
1: But there does appear to be little chance Singapore will change its policy too, despite being one of only four countries in the world to have executed people for drug offences last year. The other three are China, Iran and Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure I believed in holy miracles before this story, but Rebecca, I'm questioning everything now, because it seems that a bunch of nuns on the wildfire-stricken Greek island of Rhodes appear to have saved their monastery from total ruin armed with a few buckets and their kitchen sink.
0: Yes, sometimes as a journalist, you come across a story that you think you really couldn't make this up. And that is what seemed to have happened to Tom Witherow, who is reporting on the island for The Times. He discovered this incredible tale when he chatted to a nun on a hill on the east coast.
2: The speed of the flames had meant that only one firetruck had managed to make it there which left the nuns, about seven of them, and six volunteer firefighters who had a makeshift truck with a container on the back of a Nissan pickup to fight the fire. The nuns are running in and out of the kitchen with buckets, which had previously been used for yogurt and tzatziki, mm. to pour it on the wood and the grassland on the edge of the uh, site. Um, and the photos they showed me of the fire coming off the hill were also extraordinary. I mean, a kind of sea of It almost looked like a volcanic eruption. One of them described it as a cyclone of fire because the winds were so strong.
1: It's a miracle, Rebecca, I tell you. (laughs) And it doesn't end there either, actually. Uh, The nun who spoke to Tom told him she was prepared to die in order to protect her monastery. And eventually the fire did get too close for them to continue with their
2: efforts.
0: It must have been terrifying. And here's Tom on what happened next.
2: They couldn't fight it anymore. They went inside the church... Uh, The abbess led chanting and prayers, and hours later they came out and found that the monastery had been untouched and the fire had moved on. The accommodation uh, where the sisters sleep, the roof uh, has collapsed in, but the fire hasn't has, hasn't gone any further and the two churches on the site are, are intact. Um, and it looked pretty pristine when I was there yesterday. A
1: truly uplifting tale amidst the gloom of the wildfires, which continue to blaze across parts of Rhodes and Corfu. And it's not just confined to Greece either.
0: No, that's right. There are more in Italy too. And Algeria and Tunisia are also affected. <laughs>
1: Now, this one feels like the start of a sports movie sequel, where there was great joy at promotion at the end of the first film. And then the next one begins with a huge setback, Rebecca.
0: Yes, we are back on Wrexham FC at the World in 10, the football club owned by Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, who won promotion from non-league into England's professional football pyramid in May. And with
1: that glamour comes more opportunity, including a pre-season friendly against the mighty Manchester United yesterday. But I'm afraid to say it ended miserably for their star player.
0: A horrible collision left Paul Mullen, their top goal scorer, with a punctured lung.
1: Yeah, manager Phil Parkinson told the goalkeeper who inflicted the injury, Nathan Bishop, to avoid Wrexham. And I think he meant the town, not the team. In the aftermath, he was understandably angry.
0: The good news is that Mullen was able to walk off with the aid of an oxygen mask but the bad news is he is unlikely to be playing for a while and with the season beginning in less than two weeks' time fans will be wondering who is going to be scoring the goals to make them competitive.
1: Yeah, if it's anything like Hollywood, of course, though, Mullen will no doubt get back and then score the decisive goal, maybe a hat trick on the final day, that gets them a second promotion in consecutive years in, what, eight or nine months' time?
0: Let's hope so. <laughs> now, I wish I could think of a Hollywood ending for the world in 10, <laughs> but I can't, oh, so right, great. safe to say, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, take out a digital subscription on the Times website, thetimes.co.uk, and we will see you again tomorrow. That
1: we will. Cheers.